What did I do, pal? They're back here somewhere. Oh, nothing. You're fine. Well, good evening. It is good to see all of you out tonight, and we are glad that you are here with us. Last week we had a smell in the building, and so we didn't have our normal service. We did a devotional, and uh, so we. This is actually last week's lesson, but our word for tonight is Christ, Christ, and we're the second word from the end. So we have one more lesson left, and then we'll be through with our one-word series, and then we'll move on to something else. But our word, Christ, well, we are familiar with the name Christ. If I were to ask you the question, what does the name Christ mean to you? We often hear it in different ways. Some use it as a term of derision. And others a term of triumph. We find our triumph in Christ. And while many do not know who Jesus truly is. Now, I believe that everybody, for the most part, at least in our uh, neck of the woods, so to speak, knows who Jesus is. Or at least has an idea of who we believe Jesus to be. The Christ, the Son of the living God. But they themselves may believe him to be something else, maybe false. But we believe Jesus to be our Savior and King, the Word and Creator of the universe, the Son of God, a uh, Son of Man, the promised Messiah. The Christ of God. We hear the two names together so often, it is hard for us to imagine that the Christ is not another name for Jesus. When we refer to him as Jesus Christ, we're not referred to him, referring to him as a first and last name like we use today. But the word Christ, the name Christ, is actually more of a title. And one which only He is entitled to wear. Now it comes from the Greek term Christos, which is a transliteration of the Hebrew Messiah. The meaning being the anointed one. And there are many anointed ones throughout the Old Testament and into the New Testament that, that could wear this title to some degree. Priests, prophets, kings, all were anointed by God and appointed to the work of service to God. Of the priests, we think of Aaron and his sons, Exodus 40 and verse 15. Only those of the tribe, tribe of Levi could be priests, but especially high priests were anointed to their work. Of the prophets, Elijah's anointing of Elisha to succeed him in 1 Kings 19 and verse 16. And of the kings, we might think of Elijah, how he was told to anoint Jehu, king of Israel. 
Saul, David, and Solomon were all anointed before claiming the throne of God's people. The Jews, however, understood Jesus to be the anointed one. Not just one of these others, but to be the anointed one, the Christ. Our lesson objectives for tonight are first of all to learn more about Jesus and why He is the Christ. And secondly, to examine the evidence solidifying why we believe Him to be the Christ, the promised one. We begin our lesson, Who do men say that I am? Who do men say that I am? Jesus once surveyed His disciples, asking them who, was, who He was said to be. In Matthew 16, beginning with verse 13, Matthew 16 and beginning with verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? He rephrased his question. He first asked, Well, who do men say that I am? But he turns the tables. Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Verse 17, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. So as we look at, at what Jesus asked, who do men say that I am? Several answers were given. John the baptizer, Elijah, Jeremiah. All had three things in common as we look at these three individuals. They were all great and faithful servants of God. They were all dead. And none of them was the Christ, the promised Messiah. All the answers given at this point were wrong. But Jesus doesn't leave the subject alone, but instead asks His disciples, Who do you say that I am? It matters little what men say regarding a matter or of someone. What truly matters is what is believed. And what it was believed by the, the disciples here was truly important to Jesus. 
Peter spoke up on behalf of his brethren, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he was correct. This is what they believed. They had been with Jesus. They had seen many things that he was able to do. And now he promises to build his church. And they believe him. They believe in him. You can say any number of things in regard to someone. But again, little matters except for what is believed to be the truth. And they believed that Jesus was the Christ. They believed Him to be the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus provided further reasoning that proved Him to be the Christ. It was revealed to Peter by the Father. Upon this faith in Jesus as the Christ, the church was to be built. And the keys of the kingdom were given to the disciples with the authority to bind and loosen in regard to the doctrine of Christ. They were to teach and preach. And they did so. And as we see the church being established in Acts 2, we find that the disciples continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Many today still do not believe Jesus to be the Christ. Philip Yancey writes, If you peruse the academic books available at a seminary bookstore, you may encounter Jesus as a political revolutionary, as a magician who married Mary Magdalene, as a Galilean charismatic, a rabbi, a peasant Jewish cynic, a Pharisee, an anti-Pharisee Essene, an eschatological prophet, a hippie in a world of Augustan yuppies, and as the hallucinogenic leader of a sacred mushroom cult. There are many things that are believed about Jesus. But none of these are so. We know Him through the Word of God. And we know Him to be the Son of the living God. Many believe Him to have committed sins like others despite the fact that we are told in Scripture that He was sinless. Hebrews 4 and verse 15. If you were to ask your friends or family members who Jesus is, you may get a variety of different answers. And that's what men say. But who would you say Jesus is? Peter later reveals Jesus to be the promised Christ in his sermon on the day of Pentecost. Acts 2, beginning with verse 22. Acts 2 and verse 22. 
Here he says, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be held by it. For David says concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face. For he is at my right hand, that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart rejoiced, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. He, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of the Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh seek corruption. This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he, but he says himself, the Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand, till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. How convicting that must be that, that even some of those present had crucified Jesus. And he preaches to them, and he says... You crucified him. But he is alive. He is the Son of God. He is both Lord and Christ. The one foretold in Scripture, this is the man that you crucified. Again, it matters little what men say about Jesus. Men may say many, many things. But what matters is the truth. And what we believe to be the truth. And we believe Him to be the Son of the living God. Christ foretold in Scripture. Christ foretold in Scripture. As we look at the Old Testament, we see evidence of the promised Christ. Jesus had been long expected by the time He came to earth, in particular because of these Old Testament prophecies. And though the Messiah was to come, He did not come in the way that the Jews expected Him to come. I want you to turn with me for a moment. Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 52. I want to begin reading in verse 13. 
often when we start speaking of, of Jesus as far as this prophecy is concerned we begin right at the top of, of chapter 53 but I want to go back a little bit and read into to 53 Isaiah 52 verse 13 Behold my servant shall deal prudently he shall be exalted and extolled and be very high just as many were astonished at you so his visage was marred more than any man and his form more than the sons of men so shall he sprinkle many nations kings shall shut their mouths at him for what had not been told them they shall see and what they had not heard they shall consider who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And when we see him there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, Yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people he was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death. Because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge my righteous servant shall justify many. For he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great. And he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors. And he bore the sin of many. And made intercession for the transgressors. The Jews thought that Jesus would come as a conquering king. Maybe militaristic in many cases. And yet as we read these words we find that, that he was far from, from what they thought him to be. It had been foretold in scripture. They just didn't understand. 
They didn't know who Jesus really was. It is prophesied that instead of coming as a conquering king, the one they were looking for, he came as a suffering servant. When Jesus began his ministry, he went into the synagogue as his custom had been. And in Luke chapter 4, we read in Luke 4, and beginning with verse 16. So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to... Heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. In verse 28, So all those in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath. And rose up and thrust him out of the city. And they led him to the brow of the hill on which their city was built, that they might throw him down over the cliff. Then passing through the midst of them, he went his way. This can't be right. This, this can't be him. This can't be the Messiah. It must be blasphemy. The quoted scripture from which Jesus read was Isaiah 61, verses 1 and 2. And as we read here, instead of receiving him, his own people, his own people were ready to kill him. Of the prophecy, in Isaiah 52 and 53, we know that Jesus did come in the form of a suffering servant. He was crucified for the sins of mankind, suffering as it had been prophesied that he would. In Isaiah 61, verses 1 and 2, we find that, that he was able to perform miracles, healing the sick, lame, and blind. Jesus' mission was to bring hope to the hopeless and healing for the broken. But instead of receiving him, they tried to do away with him because he didn't fit their image. The image that, that they themselves had formed in their minds, he didn't fit that image. And so they were ready to kill him. As we again look at Scripture... 
we find that Jesus reveals Himself as Christ. Jesus reveals Himself as Christ. Following His resurrection, Jesus revealed Himself to two disciples on the road to Emmaus. In Luke 24, beginning with verse 13, Luke 24 and verse 13, now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all the things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus Himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know Him. And he said to them, What kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? So they said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people. Now how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find His body, they came saying that, that they had also seen a vision of angels who said He was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but Him they did not see. Then He said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into His glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, He expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning Himself. Verse 28, Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and, and he indicated that he would have gone far, farther. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while He talked with us on the road and, and while He opened the Scripture to us? So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had happened on the road and how He was known to them in the breaking of bread.
it was necessary that the Christ suffer. It was necessary for him to suffer as the avenue of being glorified. He glorified his Father by doing his will. And he is glorified as the Son of the living God, the Christ. We have salvation of sins because of his sufferings and because he arose victorious. We as Christians believe. We believe in Jesus coming to earth as a humble servant. We believe in Jesus suffering for our sins as it had been foretold. We believe in Jesus' resurrection from the dead. We believe that Jesus is the promised Christ. Is there anything about Jesus that you would not expect from a scriptural standpoint after reading the prophecies? Now, there were many who were mistaken in who they thought Jesus was going to be and in not recognizing Jesus for who He was when He was on earth. But when we look at the Bible, when we look at Scriptures, we understand. Jesus is revealed to us. His miracles, the, the, the great wonders He was able to perform... Everything that we read about Him leads us to believe that He is the Christ. Is there any doubt in your mind as to who Jesus is? Do you believe Him to be the Christ, the Son of the living God? If you believe, and yet you've not obeyed the gospel, then, then we would be glad to take care of that need for you. Going back to Peter's sermon, we're told what is necessary for salvation. What he told the Jews is, is what we are told today. In Acts 2.38, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. The only way to be forgiven of our sins is to be washed in the blood of Christ. And the only way to, to be washed in the blood of Christ is to be obedient. Be obedient to the command. Be baptized for the remission of our sins. If you believe, why wouldn't you do that? Maybe you've wavered in your faith. Maybe you've turned away from Him. Maybe you need to come back. Ask for prayer. 
You can ask for forgiveness. You can ask for help. And we'd be glad to assist you in any way that we can. In any way that you would allow us to. We offer the Lord's invitation. If anyone is in need of responding, please come as we stand and sing.